Welcome to the Sam Knows Podcast. I'm Barry Collins. Saudi Arabia has become one of the world leaders in gaming, but it didn't get there by accident. The kingdom put massive investment into improving its fixed line and 5G internet networks, but that wasn't enough. It also used its game mode report to encourage games companies to move their servers closer to the kingdom, providing the high levels of performance that gamers crave. In this first episode of a two-part podcast, I'm speaking with Dr. Ahmed Al-Sahayi, Chief Technologist and Advisor for the Governor of the Communications and Information Technology Commission in Saudi Arabia. He gives us a fascinating insight into how Saudi Arabia rapidly improved the performance of its broadband networks and encouraged the games companies to up their game too. And if you're in Saudi Arabia and want to find out how you can get involved in measuring the performance of your connection, stick around to the end of the podcast to find out. Then, in part two of this month's podcast, I'll be talking with Sam Knows Jamie Mason, who details the extraordinary lengths that Sam Knows goes to to accurately measure the performance of individual games for regulators around the world. First, however, I started by asking Dr. Ahmed about Saudi Arabia's gaming ambitions. Oh, there's a lot to be said about that. Um, <laughs> have you heard about Savvy Gaming Group? Yes. Because that's, that's a good conversation starter. So it's the, uh, the largest esports group in the world. It's acquired ESL Gaming and Faceit. And that is just the beginning of the way the kingdom wants to, to position itself as a gaming hub uh, globally. But it, it runs much deeper than that. Um, if you look at the Saudi society, it's um, 70% um, of the population is considered to be youth. And uh, a lot of them are actually gamers. And there's a substantial gaming community. They're very active. And it's been very interesting to see how they've very quickly been adopting the latest trends when it comes to gaming. Mm-hmm. Um, th- so that's on one the one hand. The other hand, you look at the, the global landscape, the multi-billion dollar acquisitions. There's a huge gaming industry and it's there's a lot of forecasts that are showing that it's it's going to be growing exponentially over the next few years. So um, it's one of the key areas where the kingdom is looking to diversify its economy and uh, embrace this digital era as a digital leader. And if we rewind a few years, Saudi Arabia was in a position where it had great connectivity, but poor performance for gaming. Why was that? So I actually want to take us two steps back. If okay. we go back to six, seven, eight years ago, connectivity was bad across the board. Um, and around that time, that's when the Vision 2030 program uh, launched with the aim to transform uh, the country, every aspect of life and the economy, the society at large. And it started with the National Transformation Plan, um, or National Transformation Program 2020, which... Um, was essentially applying the short-term fixes to the obvious and apparent problems where you know there were shortcomings, there were issues to be fixed, and one of them was connectivity. Mm-hmm. So back then, connectivity was bad across the board. Um, just looking at some of the, st- the statistics, um, we had 50% of the population with a throughput that was um, less than five megabits per second. So wow. that means that more than half the, of the population couldn't watch an HD video without you know seeing the the, the infamous uh, loading circle over and over and over again. Mm-hmm. So we started with the biggest problems and we we analyzed the end-to-end user experience and there were clear access bottlenecks. 
Um, so the focus of the National Transformation Program was on fixing um, access to internet, at least when it comes, it, obviously it was a very large program with multiple initiatives, but when it comes to connectivity, the focus was on fixing access. Mm-hmm. So um, major initiatives were launched uh, to introduce fiber connectivity and the number of households that have access to fiber increased from 1.5 million to 3.5 million. Uh, so 2 million households gain access to uh, to fiber connectivity out of 5.5 million. So now mm-hmm. we have more, th- more than, I'd say two-thirds of the population, give or take, have access to, to fiber connectivity. And when it comes to mobile connectivity, the bottleneck was Spectrum. We were actually ranked last in the G20 when it comes to uh, spectrum available for mobile connectivity. Mm-hmm. So a lot of spectrum was was refarmed and, and and reallocated and reassigned to mobile connectivity. And we jumped from being last in the G20 to number two. Um, and it's very interesting because just a couple of months ago, we crossed the 100 megabits per second median uh, internet speed. Mm-hmm. So we went from having more than half of the population with less than five megabits per second access speed to more than half of the population with speeds exceeding 100 megabits per second. Wow. And it it happens so quickly, it, it's mind boggling. Mm-hmm. Um, so we fixed the, the access bottleneck. And then we, we went back to our end-to-end assessment. So you no longer have an access bottleneck. And that's when you started looking at other sources of, of quality of, of, of experience degradation. And that's where we saw that there's issues with content being ho- hosted abroad and the way we're getting our content and caching it and uh, how the networks are being routed. And that's when we implemented the second phase of improving quality of experience. And there was a lot of initiatives from Matias to Game Mode and so on and so forth. So as I said, we took it one step at a time. Mm-hmm. We started with access. And then uh, we started on optimizing access to content and you know, uh, localizing content and caching it. Mm-hmm. Um, and we made progress there. And then you know, the next frontier was gaming. So the, the point of, of time that you were referencing was when we fixed access yeah. and we started optimizing access to content, but we haven't quite nailed it when it comes to the most demanding application, which is gaming. So tell us how you set up the MechES program and, and what its aims were. So that was an interesting experience. Um, obviously, when you look at the stuff we're doing at CITC, uh, you can tell that we're not your typical regulator. Um, mm-hmm. And regulators typically leverage um, different tools to fulfill their their purpose and, and, and their role. Um, they, they could issue regulations. Um, uh, there's um, uh, the legal aspects, the mandates, but there's also some soft tools that you could leverage uh, to kind of like drive competition and, and drive progress without mandating it. And that's mm-hmm. that's how the idea of Makias was born. Um, so one of the things we've done at CITC is adopt transparency as one of our key values. And in the spirit of transparency, um, it means you know we're being transparent in all our processes. We're being transparent to all stakeholders, including the public. And we figured that obviously, you know, the the spectrum licensees and and the service providing uh, the, the licensees to provide services, whether fixed or mobile, they have certain obligations to maintain a minimum quality of service. But if you want to go beyond that. We figured we'd leverage the soft tool of naming and shaming, for the lack of a better term, mm-hmm. just making the data available for the public, giving consumers 
awareness and knowledge of the performance of different service providers so that they pick the one that best suits their needs. That's how the idea of the Makias initiative started, that let's do all these measurements. Um, and we've leveraged a wide range of tools from an, an, an in-house made app to white boxes that we distributed to users to the use of third-party uh, platforms and applications and so on and so forth. So there was a wide range of tools that, that were being used, but the key idea has always been transparency and giving consumers the knowledge of how different networks perform. So um, if you look at the early Milkyas reports, it was um, there was a heavy emphasis on throughputs when throughputs were the bottleneck. Mm-hmm. And then it kept evolving to introduce latency for some of the key applications and also you know um, the, the quality of videos on YouTube and so on and so forth. What's the percentage of users that get full HD? And then we pushed it a, a, a little bit to be what's the percentage of users that have access to 4K mm-hmm. and so on and so forth. So um, without requiring the operators to do anything, we just gave the public the knowledge and it, it worked like magic because no one wants to be the worst service provider in in YouTube uh, quality of experience or in access to a certain social media platform, whatever it is, and, and yeah. so on and so forth. And it worked. If you look, if uh, all, all the reports are published on CITC's website, if you just do a comparison between two or three quarters, you'll see a staggering difference. And it's, 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 it has been very impressive how much things have improved. You sort of mentioned it in the in the previous answer, but you, you were putting a heavy focus on real world performance with uh, the MEKES program and quality of experience tests. Why did you do that? So, I'm sure you know, and and, and any of our technical audience knows, uh, throughput is just one part of the story. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it, the simple analogy we use is, you know, the pipe. You can have a big pipe, but if if the water pressure is not strong enough, then you won't have enough water or the pace of of delivering water is not going to be satisfactory for the lack of a better explanation. But essentially what I'm trying to say is um, there's multiple elements to the quality of experience and throughput is just one of them. Mm -hmm. We started with throughput because throughput was the biggest issue that we had. It was like the impact of low throughput far exceeded the impact of of high latency at the time. Mm -hmm. And once we fixed the the throughput problem, uh, it was no longer a bottleneck. And then the bottleneck shifted to latency. And that's when we started working on improving latency through the Mikias initiative. And the game mode report gives more detail on the performance of major games than any other country in the world that I've seen. So what effect has that had on the games companies and the broadband providers? So as I mentioned, we're not your typical regulator. Like we, uh, we're not afraid to venture in a typically non-attended for area by your traditional telecom regulators. Mm -hmm. Um, But again, I want to take a step back and and emphasize that it's not just the game mode report, it's the game mode initiative. Mm -hmm. It's actually a broader initiative and the report is one element of the initiative. There's a lot of stuff happening within the initiative. Awareness for gamers, um, sponsorship of gaming events, um, providing solutions um, for gamers. Uh, For example, like one of the things that we drove with the Game Mode Initiative is providing uh, packages with benefits for gamers, such as uh, zero rating for Twitch streaming, for example, or uh, getting credit um, 
to spend on your choice of games or applications and so on and so forth. So that was one of the, the most popular aspects of the Game Mode initiative. And today we actually have more than 6 million subscribers with packages for gamers. It just shows you how big the gaming market is and um, how much of an opportunity there is and how much room there is for improvement. Um, and people just love it. We have so many gamers that are in love with their new packages with um, with benefits for gamers. So, but mm -hmm. going back to the report, uh, so the report is a key element of, of the Game Mode Initiative. And it actually started off with the Milkyas report. So essentially our interest in gaming is, is twofold. Uh, one aspect is obviously, as I mentioned, there's, there's uh, a tremendous potential economically and there's a huge uh, advantage when you have a young society that's interested in gaming. So you drive this, you drive the economic value on the networks and, and your digital investment at large. Mm -hmm. um, but also gaming today is essentially the ultimate frontier when it comes to improving quality of experience and quality of service. If you have really good routing for a game hosted in a certain country. By association, any applications hosted in that same location will be optimized. Mm -hmm. And so it started off with the Milkyast reports where we started with reporting, reporting the performance of certain applications and the latency for you know, social media applications. And um, after the, uh, the pandemic and you know, um, hit us, we also started reporting the performance of online meeting platforms. Mm -hmm. And then we introduced a few games because this is the ultimate test when it comes to the network's quality of experience. If you can provide good experience for gamers, then you're probably providing good experience for um, everything else uh, that's being hosted where these games are. Mm -hmm. So we started with a handful of the most popular games in the country, and it was a smash hit. It was extremely popular. We saw the, the interaction with the report increase by orders of magnitude. Mm -hmm. And we also saw at the same time the impact on the performance once operators started to pay attention to gaming. And we thought we had a winner. So we we spun off the, the gaming section of the Mikias report into a separate report. And we launched the larger uh, Mikias, uh, sorry, game mode initiative where the game mode report is one of the elements of the initiative. So, so do, you, do you think gamers actually choose their provider now based on the performance of their favorite game? We have done extensive research. We have done a lot of interviews with with gamers. Some of them are well known, you know, with uh, you know streamers with millions of followers. Some of them are just, you know, someone who's in your neighborhood and you know they're just into games. And it definitely impacts their choice of a service provider. Essentially, if you are happy with your current performance, the game mode report is not gonna change anything for you. Mm -hmm. But those who are not happy with their service provider, we found that a large chunk of them actually use the game mode report uh, to base their switching decision. Because <laughs> they're like, I'm switching anyways. Okay, let's see who's actually gonna give me a better experience to switch for. And, and the report clearly highlights big differences in latency uh, depending on where servers are hosted, uh, whether they're in Saudi Arabia or other regions. Is it your hope that all the major games publishers will realize the opportunities they're missing if they don't host those servers locally? Absolutely. Um, so we're taking a phased approach to this. 
um, we've noticed that certain games have come closer, even if they're not being hosted in Saudi. Mm-hmm. Uh, but that doesn't mean that some of the big uh, name games are not being hosted today as we speak. Like we've we've actually scored some some pretty good game um, gaming titles to be hosted here, and we have high hopes that you know big announcements are going to be coming soon. We're talking to some companies that are very well known, and there is a lot of potential. Those who are not coming to Saudi, they're coming closer to Saudi. So coming from, for example, Europe or North America or Asia to the GCC. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, there are logistical um, aspects that we also need to consider, uh, but essentially who's not coming is coming closer and those who are coming closer are essentially sooner or later, they're going to be coming. Mm-hmm. I think the game mode initiative um, shed the light on how big the gaming market and the gaming opportunity is in Saudi. Mm-hmm. And I think that that caught the attention of a lot of people. Um and being able to demonstrate how well a game can perform and making this public um, actually means a lot to some of these uh, developers. And we've, we've seen it in other aspects that we've, we've been working on. Um, for example, if we look at the performance of the, of the Saudi 5G networks, it's among the best performing 5G networks globally. And there's a lot of reasons for that, but some of it was the way we structured our spectrum management, in, in, in not just in terms of the total bandwidth we provided, but the quality of the channels when you provide big, large, contiguous channels. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of the device makers, whether it's on the network side or even the uh, the handset side and, and the router side, they were very interested because you're like... Um, you allow us, you provide a setup that allows us to provide the maximal, maximum performance supported by our devices. And this is, this is great for us because we get to push what we do to the limit and, and see how well it performs. Similarly, we, we're seeing some kind of effect like that for gamers. Like when the game makers and, and um, especially online games, they see how well things are improving. It's, it's, I mean, we, we obviously strive for continu- continuous improvement but when they see how fast the progress is happening and how much effort is being put and the official support with all the you know the official publications and so on and so forth all of that combined with the figures that we're providing on how big of an opportunity we have over here mm-hmm. um, all of that makes for a compelling um, uh, package for people to to come and 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 have their offerings here So if Dr. Ahmed has inspired you to get involved and measure the performance of your broadband in Saudi Arabia, how do you do it? Here's Samno's Consumer Experience Executive, Fatima Ibrahim, to explain how. Fatima, what are the benefits to consumers who sign up to have their broadband performance measured as part of the MEC-ES program? So have you ever felt that you wanted to find ways to improve the internet in your area, but you didn't know how? Well, this is exactly how. So we use the data to improve the internet for everyone, but also you get data so you can make sure you're getting the service that you need. And it's not only gamers who could benefit from knowing more about their broadband performance. What other types of users would you encourage to get involved? So the program is for everyone. You know, we all need good connectivity for everything that we do. And although we've been focusing on gaming and we are seeing real improvements there, we do measure everything. So if you use the internet for entertainment, for education, for work or shopping, this program is definitely for you. 
And how can people in Saudi sign up if they want to get a white box and test the performance of their broadband? Um, it's quite simple. So all you need to do is head over to the mikias.sa website and you just fill in the short sign-up form. That's it for part one of this podcast. Join us for part two when Jamie Mason will be diving into the technical detail of how Sam knows test games performance. And make sure to read the article that accompanies this podcast at samnose.com forward slash spotlight. Until then, goodbye.